due to circumstances that were beyond the control of our church, we had to make some changes to the Wednesday night preaching schedule, as you're aware, that was initially published. And uh, the church wondered, who will we get to fill in this Wednesday night that at that point was left uncovered? And as the leadership met, they said, well, why don't we call the best preacher that each of us know and invite him to bring the message? And so they did, and that preacher told them no. And then they uh, said, well, why don't we find the smartest one? And they agreed on one, and that preacher also told them no. And then they said, well, why don't we ask the best-looking one? And they contacted that person, and he also told them no. And then somebody said, well, why don't we invite Ben? And what could I say? I'd already told him no three times. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you're stuck with me this evening. But we've got a great topic to talk about. We've got a great passage of Scripture. And we have a great hope in our resurrected Lord. And our Scripture for the evening comes from John's Gospel the 20th chapter, the first eight verses. Let me invite you to stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who loved Jesus, and said, they've taken our Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the striped strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in place separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Tonight, I want us to travel a little bit with Mary and Peter and the beloved disciple as they move from the darkness of the crucifixion to the wonder and the light of the resurrection. From Good Friday to Easter Day. Have you ever asked yourself, what kind of world is this in which we live? Maybe you asked yourself that question in a beautiful spring morning when the birds are singing and new flowers are starting to bloom and it's a beautiful day. And we say, what kind of a world is this? But most often we ask that question when the world can be most brutal or most cruel or sad. We often ask that question when the world is plunged into war or when people suffer terrible acts or when terrorism takes place or when we lose someone that we love 
or when the innocent suffer and die or when there's some kind of tragic natural, natural disaster. And especially during these times as we try to wrap up the pandemic here in this country and, and see what's happening with that pandemic around the world, particularly in India right now. And we ask the question, what kind of world is this? You remember on the day that Jesus was tortured and crucified, the day that Jesus died on the cross, there seemed to be a simple answer to that question. What kind of world was this? This was the kind of world was a Good Friday world. A world in which the best was squashed underfoot by the worst. It was a world in which good was trampled by evil. It was a world where hope was torn to shreds by doubt and where love was killed by hatred. That's the Good Friday world in which Mary Magdalene was living as she went to the tomb this morning. She went to the tomb on that third morning, early in the morning. She's suffering in that Good Friday world that she remembers because she, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the other women, they had seen Jesus after he had been mocked and tried and tortured. She had witnessed him as he carried the cross to the skull. She had suffered each time that nail was driven into his hand. She suffered every blow. And this was a world in which her heart had been ripped out. She was living in a Good Friday world where after Jesus' death and he was taken down from the cross, they took him to a barred tomb and put him in there before the close of the, before the Sabbath started. So immediately following the Sabbath, Mary began to go back to the tomb. She wanted to anoint the body. But she was still living in that Good Friday world where all of her hopes had been dashed when Jesus was crucified. And she was still overcome with the thought of his death. And her world was a Good Friday world. And for her, it seemed to get worse. As she approached the tomb, she'd been wondering, how am I going to move the stone? But when she got there, the stone was already gone. It had been rolled away. And so she immediately, in her despair, turned and ran to the disciples. And the disciples were also living in a Good Friday kind of world. They'd closed themselves behind locked doors. They knew the same people that had tortured and crucified Jesus was looking for them, wanted to add them to their collection. And then Mary came and brought them the news. And Peter and John instinctively ran to the tomb to verify, is this really what happened? Is the tomb open? And when they got there, they nervously looked in and then went in. And after their eyes adjusted to the darkness, they realized Jesus wasn't there. And they remembered what he had told them. 
that he would been crucified. And on the third day that he would rise from the death. And in our scripture says, they saw and they believed. Seeing is believing. You and I don't have that privilege to see and believe. We have to believe because of what we read, what we hear, what we experience. We have to believe because of the love of Christ that's in each and every one of us. The disciples had renewed faith. They had renewed faith, bursting from their hearts and their souls. And they were emerging from a Good Friday world into an Easter day world. But poor Mary, she was left there standing by herself. And Jesus hadn't talked to her and shared the fact that on the third day he would rise with her. So her heart was still breaking. But then suddenly her world is changed. Her world is changed forever and changed for the better. She meets the risen Christ. She's the first, the first one to see the risen Christ. Can you imagine the feeling of that? Can you imagine the adoration and praise and worship and renewal that your heart would feel? to be the first to see the risen Christ. Mary realizes that hope's stronger than fear. Love is stronger than hate. Faith is stronger than doubt. And life is stronger than death. Because of God's loving work through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his son. And Mary's day changes changes from a Good Friday day to an Easter day, changes from a resurrection. And she begins to live a life that reflects the resurrection of Jesus. She no longer has to dwell in the darkness of a Good Friday day. Her eyes have been opened and her life has been changed forever. And the world that she's now living in is an Easter day world. And Jesus invites you and I to live in that same Easter day world. In fact, he calls us, calls you and me to live in that Easter day world. In faith, he calls us to follow him. And sometimes it's tough. It's very difficult to, end, to live in an Easter day world when sadness and pain and doubt and that Good Friday kind of world wants to take over our spirits again and threaten to overwhelm us. It's difficult to live in an Easter day world when we see much, so much hatred and bigotry and suffering. But the Easter message is that we live in an Easter day world. As Christians, we live in an Easter day world because we're Easter people. God so loved the world that he came to us as one of us. He sent his son to live a human life, to die a human death, to suffer human pain. But the power of God's love, 
The power of God's love transforms our human sorrows, transforms our human pain, transforms our human death into joy and life everlasting for those whose lives have been touched by him. God's still with us. God is still with us, living in our Easter world with us this day. And he's never going to leave you. He's never going to leave us. Even when we're experiencing the tough times in life, and all of us experience those tough times. But the power of the love of God brought new life. As Jesus rose from the darkness of death, and promises new life to all who follow him. And additionally, that life is everlasting. That life has no end. And that's the Easter message. What kind of world is this that we live in? It's an Easter day world because we're Easter people. And it's where the love of God is made real through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. A couple of weeks ago, Bishop Graves and Dr. Cooper both spoke from this pulpit and both talked that Easter people, Christ needs to be the cornerstone of our lives if we're Easter people. We need to be builders, builders who seek to build each other up and lift each other up and lift ourselves up in matters of faithfulness. And we know that anything that we build that doesn't have Christ as its cornerstone isn't going to survive. And as we move through these 50 days of Easter and move toward Pentecost, let me ask you to recommit yourself to move more fully and completely from a Good Friday world to an Easter day world. A world in which we need to live our lives. An Easter day world. And once again, let me suggest that each of us humble ourselves, open our hearts, and invite Jesus once again into those hearts and cherish Christ's presence in our lives. Christ makes life worth living. He gives us strength and he gives us purpose each and every day. And I pray that our hope and trust will find true rest in Jesus Christ alone, in your heart and in my heart, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves. Let Christ be your anchor. Let him be your anchor in the midst of pain, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of suffering and hardship, where it seems to be a Good Friday world. Let Christ fill your life and make it an Easter day world. Let the Holy Spirit rekindle you with strong affection in our hearts as we love one another the way Christ loved us. May we continue to glorify Christ in the midst of whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And in doing that, let others see that this day is an Easter world day.
And tonight I pray that we renew our strength as we participate in the table of Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.